Inspired Incompetence podcast is brought to you by High Octane Hard Seltzer. Anything's a meal replacement if you consume enough of it. How's everybody doing? Doing good. You ever have Soylent? Oh. I have no. had Soylent. The meal replacement? Yep. It's people. <laughs> I've heard that. Not a fan. No, that's fan only the green people. Soylent. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I'll try the other colors. So, here we are, waking up, uh, day two of the White Blade Festival in Vigil, packed with people, 11,500 people. Now, and I meant to ask you about this last time. Hmm. 11,500, including us? Excuse me, 11,504. Okay. Wait, what, no, no five, Yando. Four. What? Six. The lies. The lies. Yeah. People. Hey. <laughs> Maybe it is including you. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so you guys had a, a nice full day of catching up with family and uh, and not just, being attacked. And, and yeah, you just kind of you just kind of did a, did your thing in in the city yesterday. I actually wanted to uh, to take a minute and uh, just kind of check in with everybody. Uh, how's everybody feeling? Where's where's everybody? Like, where's everybody's characters? Like, what's your headspace look like right now? Anyone want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I like the Lias, and um, we're friends now, and we're ready to adventure together. It's basically like. Um, you know, like a two-headed person might take longer to learn how to walk, you know, than a one-headed person. Sure, sure. And uh, we're really hitting our stride with the walking, you know. I got him in a disguise, like, you know, we've had spent a lot of time together. We've been through some shit, you know. So, yeah, things are pretty good. Um, I don't really have any, like, grand plans right now. And uh, I don't really care for what I was doing before. My plans are the current team, and especially my boy Thalias. Whatever is in the best uh, interest for all of them is in the best interest for Randolph. Okay. I don't know. Vipira's in a weird uh, kind of headspace. Her teacher, the one that sent her uh, to Rossler's coffer, doesn't believe the report that she's given him. And after the entire, like, just... I don't know how to describe it. Uh, absolute decimation of Vipira's hopes and dreams at Roslar itself. Uh, she's not really in the mood for that kind of uh, bullshittery. So she, she's kind of very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Going back to OG Vipira. <laughs> I'll go next. Um... I, I don't think really much has changed in Udrid's headspace. Like, still gotta tell people what we know. I mean, as cold as his visit with his family was, really, that's what every visit's like. So that wasn't like... Nothing happened. Short of his stepbrother kind of being cold towards him, that was a little abnormal from previous visits. But... I think for Uhtred, that visit was more about knowing the gravity of something so large is taking place. That might have been his last chance to ever see his dad again. Okay. 
So that that was really kind of like the driving force, I think, behind that. It had been quite a few years since he'd seen him, and like, I've already died once, so like, <laughs> get my hug while I can, I guess. Right. That makes sense. Uh, Rogiar? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like Rogiar's, despite everything that's gone on, he still hasn't really wrapped his head around what's happening. Nick was just mentioning that Uhtred's like, he sought out his family just to make sure he could see them one more time, just in case. And I don't think it's hit Rogiar that that's a possibility yet. Like, obviously he lost Doran and like he went through hell, almost literally, and back. And now he's he's with the group. He's trying to see this through, but being back in the city like this is kind of giving him that air of familiarity. He's finally starting to feel like things might be able to sort of go back to normal. But like he's feeling safe. <laughs> that's a dangerous yeah, word that's... to use in, in a campaign <laughs> know, like this. But, like, but this setting no, kind of like, would make you feel but, that way. Yeah, yeah. no, he's like a this... merchant in the middle of a city doing a three-day festival yeah like this is this is rogar's like bread and butter this is like the environment where he is going to be at his almost at his most comfortable yeah that's probably a better descriptor than safe he just feels comfortable and he can fly yeah that's just a bonus gravy on top so you guys uh you guys wake up and uh i believe the plan is to go see uh, several people. I don't know if you have a an order laid out yet, but uh, before you guys head out, uh, we're going to do another flashback. Ooh. The scene opens with unseen heavenly hymns chanted with a haunting beauty. We're standing in an enormous domed chamber, its walls adorned with intricate geometric mosaics and heavenly frescoes. You all recognize the interior of the Sancta Amadei. A long white carpet leads from the exit all the way back to the main altar, creating a rather intimidating walk as it outlines the true size of the chamber, humbling supplicants as they approach. Four such figures can be seen entering, appearing tiny indeed as they travel up the carpet toward the altar. A single robed figure stands at the end of the walk, waiting patiently for them to approach. As they do, we get a better look at them and behold a young Uhtred being escorted by his father. The other two young boys are likely Uhtred's two half-brothers, Ryland and Gerald. The group of four reach the robed figure, who folds down her hood, and we see Aluna Varvados, at this time a young woman, if still quite refined and stern-looking. Her serious features break as the group comes to a stop, and she smiles at them all with a small bow directed at young Uhtred. Ayamade's blessings be upon you and your family, Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Young Uhtred appears to be extremely nervous, even holding back tears. He returns Aluna's smile with a stony face and very stiff bow. Good morning, Elena Varvatos. I... But his jaw tightens, and he doesn't seem capable of continuing his sentence. Uhtred's father places a soft hand on his shoulder. It's okay, Uhtred. Uhtred takes several deep breaths. Eluna lowers herself to her knees, just below eye level with young Uhtred, looking up at him. Uhtred doesn't meet her gaze, though, and continues to watch his feet. Eluna puts a gentle finger under Uhtred's chin and guides his head back and their eyes meet. 
and Luna's soft eyes hold his in place, comforting him, until he takes one last deep exhale, and his breathing becomes normal again. Your father told me that you're a very smart young man. Uhtred nods his head timidly. Eluna smiles and leans in closer. Between you and me, we could use more men like that, because some of these guys like to solve all their problems with their muscles. A small smile escapes Uhtred's tightened jaw. So what do you think, Uhtred? Can I count on you to be a smart trainee? Uhtred rolls his shoulders back, a bit less upset. Yes, ma'am. Uhtred's father places his second hand on Uhtred's other shoulder, but looks at Eluna. He will squire with someone important? Not just some middling nobody? Eluna stands up straight and returns his look. She raises an eyebrow at the blunt question, but doesn't acknowledge it. As I said, I have need of good men. He will be under my charge. Uhtred's father lets out a breath of relief and smiles widely. Good. That's good. Did you hear that, son? Young Uhtred doesn't appear to share his father's relief, but smiles nervously again. Eluna smiles patiently. I'm afraid there is much work to do. Uhtred, are you ready to say goodbye? Uhtred's father looks down at his son nervously, but Uhtred only lets out a centering breath before nodding wordlessly. Why is Uhtred leaving? Uhtred's brothers have wandered away during the conversation, but now they both run back to stand next to him. Uhtred, where are you going? Uhtred's resolve appears to crack somewhat, as his brothers hang on him with innocent confusion. Uhtred's father kneels down to his sons. Now boys, it's alright. Say goodbye to your brother. But when is he coming back? He's not coming back. He's going to train to be a knight. Isn't that exciting? No! Uhtred, I don't want you to go! I have to. Stop crying. It won't change anything. Uhtred's brothers stop their protests, startled at his words. And for a moment, the only sounds to be heard are the heavenly hymns echoing through the chamber. One of Uhtred's brothers hangs his head and mumbles, But I'll miss you. I love you. Uhtred turns to address his brothers, breaking away from his father's hands on his shoulders. I have no future with this family. I need to go seize my own future, and you need to study hard and seizures in the family business. Uhtred's father opens his mouth like he's about to refute these words but can't seem to find his voice. And when we're all grown up, you can show me how great you are at it, and I can show you how strong I've become. Okay? Uhtred's brothers nod sadly. Okay. Now give me a hug so I know you mean it. And the three brothers embrace, Uhtred's younger brothers grunting with strain as they squeeze with all their might. After a long minute, Uhtred backs away, and Aluna places a hand on his shoulder. Uhtred's father does the same with his two youngest sons, guiding them away. Goodbye, Uhtred, and good luck. And without another word, Uhtred's family takes the long walk down the white carpet, until finally, they exit the cathedral. And then we're back in, uh, in Vigil in Arcane Marks. That was, that was kind of the exact opposite of, uh, of how your encounter with your parents went. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's why I said, like, it was kind of weird that... My brother was so cold. Okay, so uh, yeah, what's the what's the plan today? It sounds like you guys were we got meetings all day long. Planning to yeah, well, it sounds like you were planning on meeting with uh, Eluna Varvados, with Evni Zagnas, maybe with Cito Maldera, Maldera yep. and Vina Helu. So, any uh, any particular order that you guys wanted to do those in? Uhtred's vote for order would be the 
top of the list would be who would ever have like the most direct connections to the Knights of Ozum. Well, you know, Sito Maldera is in the Knights of Ozum. She's the highest ranking knight of the Knights of Ozum currently in the city. So and that do you should... think she would give us an audience? Given everyone audiences. Yeah, everybody's got audiences with all the higher yeah. ups during the right. festival. Well, I guess It'd be funny if she didn't give us one. It's like, those guys? Nah. Not today. So yeah, I guess Utre would feel like, well, hey, we could just go straight to the head of the night. So let's do it. Yeah, Makes sense to me. Sounds like a good place to start. Oh my. Wow. She is powerful looking. Yep, so you, uh, you find Sito. She's got uh, and, and and throughout your day yesterday, you would have seen like several crowds of people throughout the day, throughout the city, uh, with various people making speeches. And when you go to find Sito, uh, you would find her at the easily the largest crowd you've you found uh, throughout the city. Uh, she is a very impressive and intimidating looking woman uh she's got uh her scale mail or that might be plate mail armor and then like a big fur lined cloak draped over her armor a big central like chest piece kind of linking her uh her cloak together across her chest uh with a holy symbol of Iamade on it she got this gigantic gigantic sword like it looks like it'd be a two-handed sword for like a giant <laughs> yeah right uh, and it's it's got like this big lion's head at the uh at the hilt with the blade coming out of the lion's mouth and she's just got these like intense piercing eyes uh and long blonde like kind of like toe blonde hair and her her skin is like very it's like very rugged and rough like clearly she has spends most of her time out in the elements like just just looking at her just the way she's drawn she looks like an asimar to me a little bit oh yeah maybe uh you're not sure if she's human or an asimar but yeah she's definitely kind of got that like uh like otherworldly glow to her yeah just like she it, looks like she could snap you in half, dude. <laughs> like, just look at her the yeah. wrong way. She would be like, "No, enough of you." But yeah, no. It's just like the fact that her eyes are almost like a, a very light, almost like white, and the hair is light enough that it almost looks to be shining. It's a very Asimar look to me. So you you kind of come to the outer fringes of of this very large crowd that Sito has gathered, uh, and you can hear like the tail end of a speech that she's giving. Uh, seems to be about vigilance and duty. And the importance of those two things and how they they keep society uh, safe and running. So Randolph, you kind of feel this shiver of like anxiety or familiarity coming from Thalias when you when you look at this woman. Oh yeah, I mean I'm getting I don't know who it is. So if Thalias knows who it is, that that makes total sense. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling that Thalias does know who this is. But yeah, uh, so after uh, her, her speech ends and uh, to, uh, to, to great applause and, uh, and hooting and hollering and the, the crowd kind of breaks and disperses, uh, but a lot of people hang back to kind of 
Like some people just want to like shake her hand and thank her for her services. Some people want to uh, just uh, bask in her presence. Uh, you know, thank you for uh, coming to the coming to the city to see us. It means a lot. Uh, other people have you know just concerns like. Uh, I, I've heard rumors about this such and such at the Belks in front. Are the orcs like making these moves or or what? And uh, as you're kind of waiting your turn, she seems uh, to be like politely uh, enduring the like the very long line of these people who like for the most part they're just like hi bye hi bye, and then like actually having to answer what. Some of you might be like, well, that was a kind of a stupid question, waste of her time, but like, it's just like a lot of that. But as you get closer, you guys can make sense motive checks. Uh, 22 for Rogiar. It's going to be a four for Uhtred. Uh, 20 for Randy. Okay. And a 15 for Vipira. Okay. Uh, so that would be everybody except Uhtred uh, would see that. she's She's got this like outward politeness albeit like very like tired and like oh it's another person yes hello hi thank you uh your 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 input is greatly appreciated but i'm just so worn out from all of these things but it's you know you guys are the best and uh and 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 all of that uh so but you can kind of see this uh this glimmer of vanity underneath it that almost like this this like tired politeness is a front and she actually like very much is like basking in all the attention that she's getting so she's almost she's faking the fact that she's bored and like has better things to do she's just like oh yes love me yes (laughs) yeah you you kind of got it exactly Tell me again how big my sword is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, eventually uh, you guys are pretty much at the uh, the back of the pack here, and it's eventually your turn. And she turns to you, and she's it's same same thing. She's yes, hello, glad that you could come. Listen to my speech. What brings you to the White Blade Festival? Gallo Spire and. She says, Uchu just goes right into it. Yeah, I want her to, like, kind of snap out of the mundane, oh, yeah, 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 like, picks the sewers, this road, that thing, like, the minutia of it, and be like, shock value. You're going to pay attention to me for a second, at least. What do you mean, Gallowspire? What does Gallowspire have to do with this? I believe it has everything to do with this. Are you aware that Rossler's Coffer has been destroyed, my lady. I am Uhtred Bebenbur, a guardsman, the captain of the guard of Rossler's Coffer, and the keeper of the light, and I come with grave news. She kind of crosses her... She kind of crosses her arms and considers you. She says, quite the poor captain of the guard if the entire town is destroyed. Ow. That's his whole thing. Yeah, you kind of see a momentary, like, oh, gut shot from Uhtred. I can't dispute facts, my lady, but that does not change the news that I have. So you're saying the entire town was destroyed. I find that extremely hard to believe. That's what I'm saying. And I have a journal that details it. A journal written 
by a ranking member of the Whispering Way. She holds a hand out. She says, well, let's see it. What did we get on our sense motive checks? <laughs> I mean, uh, she's a pretty high. Yeah, she's like the highest ranking member of the Knights of Ozum. In, like, this is who we were sent to bring the news to. So, All right. It I would be funny. Factor. Double I said I'm going to jump in the deep end. So Uchard's going to pull out the journal and he's going to hand it to her. She takes the journal. She she thumbs through it like very very briefly. Like she just like looks at a page, scans it for like a half second, flips like a third of the way through the book, does the same thing. Flips a third of the way through the through the book, does the same thing. Uh, and then she hands the journal back to you, and she says, "Whatever happened in Roslar's coffer, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. Surely something like that we would have heard about." Uh, there would have been whispers. There would have been there would have been some sort of build up to something that monumentary. Well, you're hearing about so it now. Things s- like that don't just happen s- overnight. Send someone to investigate, my lady. It should be a mere fortnight for you to know whether it was true or not. But what if it is true? Wouldn't you want to know as soon as possible? Uchard's gonna pull out the um the like the town register book that he took mm-hmm. and he's going to offer that up as well she looks at it she flips through that again she says so you so you broke into the town hall and stole this yes and I broke in why would I break into the town hall <laughs> steal it and bring it to you my lady and listen I must- to me every day I am out there fighting real enemies that pose an immediate physical threat to this nation what happened to duty and vigilance? You have a duty to be vigilant and take every threat as a real threat. You don't know what we've been through, lady. All we're asking is that you give us a chance to explain to you what happened. Give me diplomacy checks. I'm going to be assisting because my diplomacy sucks. Yeah, my pyro will assist as well. Assist. Uh, that's a two. Sorry. Sorry. I I'm just a crackpot talking about crackpot things in the back, not helping at all. <laughs> yeah, I can't get lower than 11, so I assist. Uh, an assist is a plus two for each person? Yep, so you get a total of a 12. 12. 12. <laughs> I mean, I was being kind of like gruff about it. I was basically trying to call her out on her bullshit that she was just saying at her speech. Yep, yep. She seems very offended at what you just said and she says don't you dare assert that I don't know the value of duty and vigilance if it wasn't for me and my men this entire nation would be overrun by orcs in a week (laughs) I am one of those men I fought more orcs than most of your men have seen in their lifetime I highly doubt that Uhtred Bebenberg captain of the guard of Roslar's coffer. You fight the the, str- the scragglers who squeak by my forces. To be fair, we're talking about something much worse than orcs, lady. He's not wrong. <sighs> Try to come into this city and stir up trouble. We're in the centennial of the Whiteblade Festival. Everyone's already on edge expecting some ruffians to, to come start some shit that they believe in from a hundred years ago. You take your little journal that could have been written by anybody 
and go try to fool somebody else. Vipira actually pulls out the rapier of um, uh, of Rustler himself. This, we woke up in a tomb next to this. And if you can't figure it out, this is Rosslar's rapier. If you're not going to help us, I would like you to point us in the direction of which somebody will help us. We I'm don't have to point you to the stocks, grave robbers and thieves. I have better things to do today than to throw five nobodies in jail just for wanting to stir up trouble and throw the wool over my eyes. If you think you've got any real evidence, by all means. But if this is all you have, I have other things that I need to concern myself with. I'm only in this city for three days before I need to go back to the front. Well, what kind of evidence would you accept? Find me somebody who's guilty of these crimes, and then we'll talk. And then she turns and leaves. Uh, as I was saying, well, uh, well, they're all, well, no, they're not all dead because they weren't the ones that blew up the town. Do we need to find that Gildeus guy? Is that the only way we're going to get anyone to listen to us? Well, I think before we go on to a manhunt, we should continue down our list of potential people who might care. I think no matter what we do, we're going to run into the same dead end over and over and over again. If we want to try each and every one of them, sure, we can waste hours walking across town in order to find these people and wait in line. Well, Vipira, feel free to go track down Galdeus then with your time. Honestly, yeah, I, I, <laughs> might be better Gando's, time spent. Uh, that, that's says, fine, Vipira. What, what other leads do we have right now? We don't have any leads. I mean, at best, we would go looking for Galdeus, and I, I, I would probably start in the same places that we're starting with right now. Well, we would know that if Galdeus was a spy of sorts, wouldn't he also have underlings under him somewhere in the city as well? Maybe we should try to figure out if there's a meetup point. I, I agree, Vipira. To me, I'm going to ask my contacts first. What do you guys do? Well, we should probably go to the next person on the list. Which is? Elena Varvatos. Okay. At least you have a actual personal relationship with her. She might yeah. actually kind of listen. It might go as well as Vipira's went the other day. Meanwhile, Vipira's going to go uh, back to Perry. Okay. Speaking of meetings that went well. All right. Um, we'll do uh, Vipera first. So you, you meet back up at the uh, the, the Mass Brotherhood headquarters and you find the Mass Perry. Look, I need a little bit of help here. Do you know anything on Galdeus? Galdeus? Name kind of sounds familiar. Um... I believe there was a, 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 royal, a noble house named Gildeus in, in Ustalav. Long ago, though. I, I don't know if it's still active, but my, my Ustalav politics are a little rusty. Uh, why do you ask? Well, he's one, of the, uh, he's one of the bigger suspects that we have to go off of right now. Do you know if he has any connections 
here? Any direct connections here? As I said, Gildeus is the name of a noble house in Ustalav, but from many years ago. If you're referring to a singular person named Gildeus, it might not even be what I'm thinking of. I'm looking for any sort of connection. Family, uh, cousins, anything. Well, you're free to check the, our, our records, Vipira. Uh, you know where to go, but nothing comes to my mind that stands out as anything that could help you. Very well. So, we'll jump back to the rest of the group quickly. Uh, Utru would know to find Aluna Varvados at uh, the Sancta Ayamadei, the largest temple in the city. Indeed, the probably the largest temple of Ayamadei in the world. It is a massive cathedral with 39 mutually buttressing subdomes, creating a vast airy chamber 60 paces high. Intricate mosaics and heavenly frescoes uh, line the walls. There's ornate stonework and statuary and inscribed scriptures from the Acts of Ayamadei. Uh, the cathedral's four towers hold the the four towers hold deep toned bells that toll by morning and evening to mark another day that the crusade endures. You go you go to the Sancta Ayamade and you find a crowd of people gathered around Eluna, uh, who is finishing up a speech of the importance of faith in daily life and upon relying of the clergy to mediate disputes. And it, it is certainly not this like fanfare like parade that uh that Sito had going for her it's a much quieter kind of somber thing uh still in like high spirits and when she's done with her speech uh there's there's still a lot of applause and and all that and just like with Sito the the crowd disperses after some people stick around to to thank her for her uh for her service or uh for just seeing them being a, a member of the community and all that. Uh, and eventually uh, you would get your turn with her. Let me ask if anybody has at least five ranks uh, in knowledge religion. Yes. Okay. Yep. So you will receive a plus four circumstance bonus on your diplomacy checks. Did I get any small bonuses from like a pre-existing history with her? Because you know her? Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like I just even, like, we were neighbors. Maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, uh, but that is the, like, the mechanical, uh, bonus that you get for, like, from the, as it's written in the campaign, uh, but I'll probably throw you something. Because I'm going to need the help. Backstory. <laughs> I'm at a, I have a negative one in diplomacy. Oh my god, okay. All right, so yeah, it is it is your turn to see her, and uh, she she turns to all of you and she she says greetings and welcome to the Sanctiama Day, and then she kind of like stops and she as she kind of like realizes who she's speaking to. By Ayama Day's light, is that Uhtred Babenberg? It is, my lady. It's good to see you. It's good to see you as well, Uhtred. I I'm glad to see you getting out of Roslar's coffer. Your duty to your to your post is admirable, but I 
was worried that you were spending a little too much time uh, with your head down in that little town. I'm glad to see you're up in the city. So you know that kind of like motion that happened when Kato was calling Uchard out about being a shitty guard? Yeah. You kind of see that on the other side of guilt this time. Unfortunately, my lady, the circumstances which drive me out of Rossler coffers are terrible. That's why what do you mean? I seek to speak with you. Well, there's there's no tactful way to put this, but the town has been destroyed. And me and my companion here are the only survivors left. She kind of gives you like a like a small grin like she's like humoring you in a joke. But when you, I assume, don't uh, chuckle at all, in, don't indulge her in that in that smile. She, the smile, quickly vanishes, and she, she seems like like she's like ah funny, fun n- funny joke, not very funny, but okay. And then she realizes that you're not joking, and she's like, like she grows like super serious. She says, "What are you talking about, Uhtred?" At this point, Uhtred's gonna kind of give her like the cliff notes with like a little bit of an emphasis on like the religious stuff like boneyard for asthma the dead roads like nobody knows what our ovals are so like i won't go in every single little detail but i'll kind of hit the key bullet points with her and yes we, we traveled along the dead roads and barzak granted us passage back and when we returned the town was encompassed by the fettering maw if you've ever come across that in your studies some like shadows fall uh, uh, over her face and she says I have heard of such an artifact and uh, I'll kind of speed up going through like the tomb and coming out in the bastion of the light and say we were successful in defeating Balthasar and Uchi's got to pull out the journal. This was his journal. He was investigating on behalf of orders from the Whispering Way. She holds her hand out to take it. I give it to her. She very thoroughly reads the first page. And she closes it. And she says, With your permission, I'd like to hold on to this for further study. I'm more than fine with that. And I kind of like look to everyone else on my sides for like kind of that look of like anybody have objection going once uh i mean twice i'm is definitely a little nervous about it because that's really the only proof we have but at the same point like she at least seems to be taking the allegation seriously so it is a better outcome than we've seen so far yeah Uh, yeah i think i think rogar would be nervous about it but he'll trust utrid's instincts yeah, you get a nervous uh, look from, uh, from Randolph, but I don't stop her from her uh, intent there. Sold. He hands it over. Once we were able to destroy the fettering maw, we stepped outside the bastion and we were approached by, kind of like hesitates, a woman who warned us that Galdeus may have escaped Gallowspire. And that he may have been the cause behind whatever magic was laid upon Rossler's coffer and its citizens. 
All right. Uh, I'd like diplomacy checks now. To assist? Uh-oh. I do not assist. <laughs> oh, man. Assist! Ten! Yes, I do, ex- I do assist. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, this seems like it might be a good spot for a hero point reroll. <laughs> <laughs> the only person taking us seriously. All right, yeah. And I'm going to use... Uh, yeah, I'll use a hero point. In fact, I'm going to use a hero point that was given to me by one of our very own Patreons. By Leia Richter. Thank you Hooray, very much for the yeah. hero point. Dear listeners, if you would like to gain the power to grant players hero points or the GM a villain point... Do you don't want to do you, that? Yeah, well, it'd be pretty fun. Uh, you can head over to our Patreon page and learn how to do that. All right, okay. so we roll it. I guess it only feels fitting. I'll pick up a power dice here. Good call. Oh, yes. Is that first power dice roll of book three? No. Oh. I don't think so. I mean, we haven't had to roll much dice the last few sessions. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice. Did I get any assists on this? You yeah. got one assist, and then the plus four okay, from so your knowledge checks. Knowledge Fifteen. Ranks. Fifteen, okay. So, Eluna, she looks at you very seriously, and she says, Did you say Gildeus? I did. Gildeus. Gildeus. I'm not very familiar with him. Her? Um, I wouldn't know. Uh, there, there is a, a reliquary guard that mentioned that name some time ago. You may want to go ask him. Uh, Ralphus Gandry. He he should be giving speeches of his own uh, somewhere across town. I suggest you go speak to him. He, I've I've heard him say the name before. I, it was it was many years ago, so I I really don't remember the context, but I'm sure of it. I I'm, I'm sure that he he mentioned that name. Maybe maybe it'll help you. I don't know if it's the same person, but 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 please, uh, if you if you come across any more evidence of what has happened here, what has happened in Roslar's coffer, uh, I urge you to to bring them to me and and of course anyone else in the city that. You can gain an audience with, uh, but this being the White Blade Festival, uh, it would it would take some it would take quite a lot of substantial evidence on something like this to take the appropriate actions. Uh, unfortunately, Watcher Watcher Lord Althun II is is not in the city currently, uh, personally, and she kind of she, she's still being serious, but you think she's like kind of like going into gossip mode a little bit. She's Personally, I think he plans these outings on purpose. He's such a shut-in. He doesn't like large crowds like this. But uh, definitely go speak with Ralphus Gandry and and bring any more evidence that you find to me. I'll definitely be looking into this further. And then she reaches into her robes and she holds out two potions for you to take. I take them. She says, take these in good faith. Uh... And I hope that, I hope that all of this is just, is just smoke in a bottle. But if, if there's any substance to, to these claims that you're making, then I hope that, uh, I hope that you can get to the bottom of it. And she explains that she's given you a potion of cure serious wounds and a potion of lesser restoration. May I ask a favor of you, though? Of course. 
Dispatch one of your most trusted confidants to Rustler's Coffer and verify what I have told you. I know it will take time, but I can't think of any surer way for you to believe what we have said today is true. I don't know anyone who would be willing to, to leave in the middle of the festival like this, but... That's okay. Send them after the festival. We're going well. to need all the help we can to get people to see this for what it is. I will um, see who I can find. What was the name of the man we had to go see? Ralphus Grindelwald. Ralphus, Ralphus Gandry. Ralphus Gandry. Yo, uh, does uh, the Elias react at all to that? Yeah, yeah. you'd 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 feel another like thrum of, of of like something, coming from Thalias at that name. That's cool. All right, so what do you guys do now? Go find Ralphus, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this she... lady was super helpful, and she said go to him. I'm going right to him. Yeah, if she's giving us a lead. Let's let's take it with both hands and run. So we yeah, I guess we would start making our way over to where she said he was and trying to pinpoint him. So you ask around and you find out that he's given speeches at the uh, Crusader War College. So you would go there and you find him giving a speech. He's a tall, rail-thin man who walks with a stout cane. Uh, and he wears the spotless white uniform of a reliquary guard. And he carries a well-polished halberd. And does he seem elderly? <laughs> or is the cane for fashion? Uh, he's definitely... Uh, getting on in years um he, he looks like he kind of has a war injury that he's been I guess you can't get a uh, hip replacement with. in a world of magic <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he's being honored at the festival as a wounded military veteran uh and you catch his speech which is about the importance of service let's go back to vipira real quick though vipira what have you been up to i mean if he Said go check in the library. I'm gonna go uh, check in the library. Okay. So you're looking through the library, uh, looking for anything on Gildeus, correct? And uh, the t- uh, of Uvin of sorry, what's Ustalov? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can give me a knowledge geography check on that if you want. Oh, if you got okay. it. I will give you a knowledge geography. It's a 10. Perfect. You know that Ustalov is a nation like directly to the north of Last Wall. All um, right. It is actually uh it, it is now run by like just normal people, but during Tarbafon's reign, that was his country. And his the like the aftermath of his magics and his rule are still felt in that country but with with him locked up and a lot of a lot of the people that like most people who are now like running the show in Ustalov were not like sympathetic to Tarbafan it was like a very hostile takeover and occupation of Ustalov and after he got sealed away the people of Last Wall kind of handed the keys to the country back to anybody that they could find that whose families once uh, had any sort of like authority because his reign lasted like like centuries so it wasn't like oh here you go like you were ruling 
a few years ago, like you can rule the country again. It was like a huge thing, like finding people to like run the country again. But yeah, it is, it is, it is like now under the, under the control of like n mostly normal people who just want to run this country for their uh, citizens. But that is Ustalav. Uh, for Gildeus, uh, I want you to give me another, either give me a knowledge geography check or a knowledge history check. Uh, and you can make, you can make them untrained since you've got this, uh, like, hall of records that you can look through. Knowledge histories. You know what? I'm going to add a hero point for a 21. Nice. Nice. You know that, uh, Gildeus is the name of a noble household in Ustalav uh, from a long time ago. You know that the house Gildeus was basically wiped out in 3203 by the Whispering Tyrant uh, when he attacked Grodlich, the city that house Gildeus ruled over. The current year is 4721. So this was like over a thousand years ago that you're reading about now. That's pretty much all the information that you get. Yeah, the, like the name Gildeus in the Mass Brotherhood archives really just points you to this noble house that was wiped off the map over a thousand years ago. All right, well, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I try to go hunt down uh, the team. Okay, um, whew. You can give me a perception or survival check. I mean, worst case scenario, I just go back to the... Uh... Arcane marks. Yeah. Okay. All right, survival. All right, uh, 23. A 23. Highs or lows? Lows goes. Let's go with lows. 99. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, a, that was a decent survival check, but you're... You're looking for them in this city, and they're not even where... Like, the the guy they're going to now wasn't even on the list when you left yep. them this morning. So I was willing to give you a, a chance, but yeah, with a 99, you don't find them. All right, so you guys are at the Crusader War College, uh, and you've just uh, finished listening to Ralphus Gandry's speech. You go through the motions. You wait for your turn to... Uh, to speak with him, and now it's your turn. Sir Ralphus, we have been sent on recommendation from Lady Varvatos that you could shed some light on a being named Gaudeus. He, uh, he, he, he sees, like, he, he welcomes you over to him, and he just seems like he's just happy to be part of the, of the proceedings, uh, kind of like, a you know, he's, grandpa at the family reunion just happy to like tell stories to the the younger generation uh he welcomes you over and he like places a like a his uncaned hand on your shoulder as you're talking to him and he's like like boom like locked in engaged with you ready to to hear uh this is the most action he's got in the whole festival <laughs> <laughs> um and you and you say gildeus and like his cane wobbles and he uh he releases his hand from your your shoulder and like his face falls and he like turns away from you for a moment so you do know it he's still like facing away from you he just says how do you know that name 
we believe that he has found a way out of Gallowspire. Gallowspire? And he like he whirls around. He's, what are you talking about? Gallowspire? Giltais, who are you? I'm Uchard Bebenber. I am from Rossler's Coffer, and I bring grave news. <sighs> he... He he looks like he's gonna be sick, uh, but he uh, he kind of motions you over to a like a, like a quiet corner uh, with some tables, and he says, "Please come, sit down. Can I offer you a drink?" Yes. Uh, he uh, he flags down some like squires, and he says, "Please, please, uh, some some water and, and and ale, please." And so he uh, he takes a seat and he. Motions for you to join him. Uh, Rogar will just like take a seat in the air next to the table. Doesn't even pull up a chair. <laughs> oh, I thought you were say like Jeez. hovering above the chair. He just pulls his legs up into a sitting position and hovers. <laughs> <laughs> and so he uh, he just looks looks at you all very seriously. He says, "Tell me everything." I tell him, and mm, hold on, not that this is gonna help, but. At his enthusiasm of tell me everything, I'll roll a quick uh, sense motive. Okay. I got an eleven. Uh, yeah, you're. You can't really be sure. Like, like obviously, he's very. Uh, like, he had a just no poker face whatsoever. He's he's very out of sorts from hearing the name Gildeus, and then you mentioned Gallowspire. Like, he's he seems super worried about something, but like. Uh, what exactly like it's really hard to tell so yeah uh you tell him like so when you say you tell him everything like you tell him everything or do you leave anything out what is this guy's like influence title he's he's a retired reliquary guard he's retired with retired with honors so i think i'm gonna tell him everything because at this point, I think in Uhtred's mind, it is going to be, we're going to need every possible, like, we're going to meet resistance against this the whole way. People are okay. not going to want to believe this, so I'm just going to be laying it all out there. That makes sense. Um, and, again, like, this person was kind of, like, recommended to us by someone that Uhtred trusts, so he's going to be inclined to trust him more, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, he, I give him the gamut, baby. So he he listens sympathetically to uh, your story. He shakes his head. He says, oh, "I don't know how much of that is true, but if any of it is, it's it's not good." And here you are asking me about Gildeus. Well, uh, I never met Gildeus, but two years ago, well, it was my mother. She became quite ill. The healers, they, they couldn't help her, but this young, this young gnome came to me uh, at my doorstep. She, she said that someone could help, but that it would be expensive. But her, she said her patron, Gildeus, would see to it that the costs were covered. Well, I was beside myself with grief in the process of losing my mother to this illness and so of course i i, I agreed to, to to anything i was looking for a miracle for god's sake well i i, I asked if, if the cost would be covered then what you know i'm no fool certainly there would be a catch still 
Rogar just nods that. his head at that one. Nothing comes for free. <laughs> she said that uh, she and her, her patron wished to privately examine the shattered shield of Arnesant, which, of course, is obviously not allowed, but I figured there was no harm in such a special circumstance. I want uh, to do a knowledge and- history check on that, but I can't. <laughs> what did yeah, anybody say? who... Anybody who wants to give me a knowledge history or knowledge arcana check or knowledge religion check from the Shattered Shield of Arnescent. Oh, I can try a religion. E, 21. 30. 9. Okay. Oh, so Uhtred and Rogyar have heard of this. Uh, Rogyar, with your 21, you know that... Uh, the Shattered Shield of Arnescent is all that remains of the artifact known as the Shield of Aridin. The Shield of Aridin was uh, carried into battle against the Whispering Tyrant by General Arnescent, who led the Shining Crusade against the Whispering Tyrant. And you know that uh, during the battle, it was uh, it was not destroyed but it was uh it was splintered it was basically like basically like to the point where it was unusable but the the spell that the whispering tyrant cast which was uh designed to like immediately slay arnescent uh the magical properties of the shield it backfired uh the whispering tyrant's spell uh and it uh the shield now uh rests in uh in vigil in, at the Crusader War College. Uh, Uhtred, with a 30 knowledge arcana check, you would know that the uh, the Shield of Arnescent, it was a full-blown artifact, uh, and its magical properties uh, had any, any magic that would kill the wielder would get, it would, it would just get reflected back onto the caster. Okay. Um, and... You, you've heard of uh, the Whispering Tyrant casting a spell against its wielder long ago. Uh, and yeah, the Whispering Tyrant actually cast a wish spell, uh, wishing for the, the wielder's heart to appear in the tyrant's hand. But the magic of the shield... Uh, instead caused the shield to crack into all of these splinters and one of the splinters flew out and uh, embedded itself into the tyrant's hand like radiating this like holy divine magic into the whispering tyrant and like severely weakening him good shield so yeah yes yes very good shield uh so ralphus uh goes on he says well i saw no I saw no harm in, in, in that for such uh, such uh, enormous circumstances. But uh, my subordinate, a young woman named Doswin Arbery, she came to me and she said that she spotted Killebrand stealing the shield. But when I, when I went to go see what happened, uh, there it was. The shield was exactly as we had left it. I'm not sure exactly what happened, why Arbery insisted so tenaciously that the shield had been stolen but I am not proud to admit that I feared for my reputation I wasn't supposed to let anyone examine the shield I had Aubrey reassigned outside of the city to to keep her quiet <sighs> but 
The check has come due for me, it would seem. I don't know what's going on, but I think the right thing to do would be to direct you to talk to Doswin and find out what she knows. I appreciate your honesty with us. We will... Can you point us to where she, we could find her? She is stationed at the Northgate Roadway Station, outside of town. Well, thank you. And we should all stand up and, uh, yeah, let's try and go find her. Yeah, Rogar will just extend his legs back out into a non-sitting position and <laughs> kind of give uh, give Ralphus a nod and, and float away. Ralphus remains seated uh, with his head bowed. He says, please, if... If my lapse in judgment put anyone in this city at danger, please make it right. That seems to be all we do nowadays. If I've learned anything on our little journey, it's never too late to make up for your skeletons. This was a good Thank start, Ralphus. Thank you, Uhtred. So what do you guys do? Start asking around if anyone's seen them as Dawson Arbery. Well, Ralph has told you where she's stationed. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we'll go there. All right, anyone going to swing around and get Vipera, or are we going to leave her out of this adventure? We I thought she was don't like out of as many trying to as track possible. us down. I thought she was just going to kind of like, hey, I'm well, back. Well, she mentioned she was like heading back to Arcane Marks to just rendezvous with us there, since um, like neither of us knows where the other person is. Yeah. Well, was that the end of the day? or? I mean, I did go around the library for a little bit, so... I don't know. Yeah, and those guys walked around the city for a little bit to sure. look for Ralphus and then wait for him to finish his speech and then wait to speak to him. So I feel like things have kind of caught up, like both timelines are caught up. Okay. Yeah. Then we can go back to the inn. All right. You go back to the inn. You find Vipera. Do you have any luck tracking down Galdeus? Well, yeah. So Ustalov to the north is uh, uh, apparently used to house a uh, a house of Gildeus, but that was quite some time ago. There wasn't much information that I can really gather after that. The house was directly uh, wiped out by the Whispering Tyrant himself. Now that is interesting. We were able to find a little information ourselves. And I kind of get Viper up to speed. And, well, he recommended that we go talk to Daswin Aubrey ourselves. She's stationed over Northway Gate Station. Oh, so the people who you've been talking to have been helpful? So Fucking far. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Viper, because... I'm kind of shocked that you have contacts here. I could have sworn you led us to believe everybody you knew and loved died in Rossler's coffin. You said you met an old friend yesterday. As you know, I was not born in Rossler's coffer. I only showed up a few years ago. But with little friends on the outside, the ones that I do know, however, are pretty powerful but i try not to powerful friends could they help us well that's kind of what i'm looking to do right now how powerful are these friends well they're pretty anonymous and uh (laughs) 
trying to get into their uh, backstories a little bit more difficult than you might think. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Were they at least receptive to what we were sharing with them? What you were sharing no, with them? No, not at all. Oh. Yeah, you would think friends and teacher would... Uh, no, a teacher? A teacher of what? Uh... Look, I belong to an organization that was meant to hone certain skills and garner certain information. However, things went south. I'm not fully pledged into said organization. There's a lot going on, but when we do have... like you're part of a secret organization of assassins. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Once we do have more information, I'll be more than happy to uh, show you to uh, my confidants. I'm. I don't know if that's the kind of help we're looking. I'm looking for, Vipira. Well, whether you like it or not, they are more powerful than just here in, vig- in vigil. They extend out. In a lot of places. Well, not not to be crass, but right now it seems like our problem is here in Vigil. So if they're not going to be terribly helpful here, then maybe... That's not at all what I said. Their tendrils spread out far larger than just Vigil. Therefore, they are more powerful than Vigil itself. But we need to find the proof for it. Well, then I say we go track down this... Uh this Doswin Aubrey and see if we can track down Gildeus. That's going to be our our best lead, I believe. Yes. Sounds like it's our only lead at the moment. We're just kind of side-eyeing Vipira. He's not sure how to take this information. Like, typically secret organizations like that aren't beloved by, like, the societal you know, guardship of whatever sorts. I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of organized, sketchy organizations out there, uh, you know. Yeah, I I feel like it's kind of like, uh, you know, when, when the mob has like a like a storefront and like the cops know, like, yo, it's a mob storefront, but like, so like it exists. It just feels weird that like Uhtred, uh like a guardsman would be dealing like with the the shady underground of the city so to say like quotations he's not like like coming after you like <laughs> turn you in or anything no. it's just it, it was it was kind of shocking for him right he didn't know you were part of this and like what the fuck okay i don't know how i feel about this yeah he did kind of casually drop that uh piece of info that we've not known about you right right oh yeah by the way guys i'm in a secret organization ah I see. <laughs> and after, honestly, not all that much prodding either. No. <laughs> not much prodding. Not at all. Well, it's all about Which the- is, <laughs> it, that is the masked way. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It really was like, oh, I didn't know you had any friends here. Well, my teacher, you have a teacher. <laughs> all right, secret organization. <laughs> Brilliantly done. You win. <laughs> you win. But yeah, I, I mean, he's not. Uchi's not gonna make any more of a, an issue out of it than that. Like a hmm, and we can make our way to the north northern gate. 
Yeah. All right. Um, it's a little bit of a hike out to the way station, but luckily you guys had your horses and carriage ferried over here. Hell yeah, I love that thing. And you're able to uh, get it set up and head out, and what would have been like a several hour long trip is you get there in like a half hour. Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that far away. So the Northgate Road Way Station is situated at a natural choke point within a series of winding canyons. It consists of a watchtower constructed atop a bluff and a 30-foot-high fortified wall built across the road. The wall includes a large gate with a lowered portcullis where guards question travelers. Ah, jeez. Do we we have Thalias driving, right? I mean... (laughs) That that could have raised some questions. It's like going to go to customs with a a dude made of ectoplasm driving your car. (laughs) Passports. Uh, He's made of ectoplasm. Hey, why? I just hope this goes well. I don't know. Put yourselves wherever. Uh, So you you arrive at the way station, and uh, it's not quite what you were expecting. How so? An imposing brick wall, 30 feet tall, blocks passage through this canyon that you were expecting. Uh, Three corpses hang from ropes tied to the wall's crenellations, twisting slowly and staining the wall a gruesome red. Beneath the dangling corpses, a porculus gate 20 feet high and 15 feet wide stands closed. A whitewashed stone building looms on a bluff to the east. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That is not what I expected. Yeah, not what I expected. In fact, I was just joking that it was like going to customs, but that's never happened to me. <laughs> not a, really? You never showed up to customs? The dudes hanging? Bodies? <laughs> like, uh, Canada, what's going on over there? <laughs> so, yeah, you arrive at the, uh, the way station, and it looks like... It's been attacked. Like there's just there's destruction and dead bodies hanging from the the porculus. What do you guys do? Uh, this is just what we need. You think she's still alive in there, or anyone's still alive in there? <sighs> Most likely not. Vibecarry goes gonna... invisible. Yeah, Uchid's gonna draw his scimitar. Are there any chances that this is decoration for the celebration? <laughs> so festive. <laughs> I don't think way stations decorate. Mm, right. Hope maybe these were just some people that did something wrong, got caught, and a very, very, very strict lesson was made out of them. Yeah, like <laughs> smugglers or yeah, uh, like smugglers or something. The, the the corpses are dressed that you're pretty sure they are guards at this way station. Like they don't look like travelers what? or smugglers. The they're well, hanging. Smart though, right? of those smugglers. Yes, they are they are hanging. Like guards. And they're not moving. They're not alive. <laughs> they're not undead, right? Give me a perception <laughs> or what, heal check. What do my goggles what? say? Those fucking goggles. <laughs> fucking goggles. Got him with the goggles. Got uh, with goggles. Two of the corpses are genuinely dead. Uh, the central corpse, they're like lined up one, two, three. 
uh, according to your goggles, is alive, but only just so. Uh, <laughs> you can see that his feeble kicks barely distinguish him from the swaying of the two genuine corpses on either side of him. Quick, Yendo, can you shoot him down? And I think Uchard would, like, you know, speed up towards him, like, to try and catch him, brace him. Okay. Uh, and Rogar would definitely fly up to, uh... Yeah, or Rogar shoot him down. I'm not gonna sh- Well, I don't... Sh- if you you go hold Jesus. him up... Uh, Rogar... <laughs> don't have Rogar shoot anything we don't want to obliterate. No, Ro- Rogar rushes up to to give the guy some, some kinetic healing. Ooh. Yeah, I would have done that, too. Be careful. Don't get too close to him. Yes, make his torment last longer. Just keep well, on healing him it- as he struggles. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he heals for 26 health. So he just kind of like... He's like looking around wildly. Uh, He sees sees you right in front of him, Rogar, and like he clearly cannot speak. He's like being... He is... Sorry, I failed to mention this. Like all three of these corpses are hanging by like a noose around their necks. Yeah. Oh, that's what Uh, I envisioned. Yeah. So then Rogar will pull out his dagger and actually like slice the rope. Okay. Uh, and Uchard, you said that you were hurrying forward to catch him? Uh, yeah. Alright, uh, give me a touch attack. D20 plus dex. Perfect. Well, that's gonna be a six. Okay. So, Rogar takes out his knife and he just <laughs> starts cutting away at this rope. Uh, and Uchard below, ready to catch him. And after... A few seconds of cutting the rope, Rogiar cuts him free, and he just plummets like a sack of potatoes straight to the ground. And uh, <laughs> Richard's like, "I got him! I got him!" And uh, the man just like falls in a heap, like directly behind Utrid, who has his arms outstretched. Well, you know, the bad I mean... news bears are here to save the day, but the day still gets saved, so. I mean, he had all that healing he just got. He could afford to take falling damage. Yep, and he takes five points of falling damage. Oh, nice. How high off the ground was he? 20 feet. Oh, shit. All right. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he, he falls, and it's it's kind of like, ooh, but he is he's clearly alive. Uh, Rogyar's healing uh, did a lot of good. Uh, Rogiar, give me a perception check. With that roll, it's a 25. With a 25, I'm just going to move you right over here. It's like the second floor view. Okay. Ah! Uh, you become aware that there are three creatures uh, standing on the bridge uh, above the, the gate. The flesh of these walking corpses is rotting and putrid their bodies skeletal in places and eye sockets glowing with red light. Give me a knowledge religion check. Anybody or... Anybody? Uh, that was the guy who sees them. Everybody, but we'll just uh, use Rogiar for now. Uh, that's a 12. 16 when I see him. 15 for Uhtred. Okay. Uh, you're, Rogiar, you're not entirely sure what these creatures are, but you do know that they are definitely undead. Uh, and everybody give me initiative checks. 26. Wow. Vipira? 21. Wow. 
Rogar. 14. Aw. Randolph. Uh, I rolled a natural 20 and got a 24, so... Wow. Okay. Well, we are currently in a surprise round that these creatures and Rogyar are occupying. And uh, Rogyar is still, I think, 10 feet below like the level that these creatures are standing on. Oh, whew. Uh, so the red one's going to try to jump down and land on Rogyar. Oh, okay. <laughs> he must never have met Rogyar. <laughs> he shouldn't do that. So first we're just going to do a range touch attack. To throw itself. Pretty much. Okay, I got a natural 15, so that totally did it. Now we're going to do a CMB and... Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and treat this as a charge. We got like a plus two coming from above. Okay. Oh, I don't know if a natural two's gonna be enough spunk though. Let's see, uh, that's a 10 versus Rogyar's flat-footed CMD. Nope, Rogyar's flat-footed CMD is a 17. Ah, oh, man. All right, uh, so now he's got an acrobatics. It was an intentional fall, but he did not roll high enough, so that's going to be a 30-foot fall. Oh! <laughs> he dead. Probably not dead. No. Well, he already dead. He undead now. All right, so this creature uh, jumps off of the tower, or jumps off of the, the bridge, uh, kind of grabs onto Rogyar, uh, but Rogyar shakes him off, and he plummets down and lands prone and Utrid and Randolph you recognize this creature as a white oh not again you remember fighting some whites back in the Bastion of Light Temple it, it looks pretty different from the ones that you fought which were like spellcasters like this one looks like it's ready to throw hands well, he just threw his whole body off a building that's uh... <laughs> Relax with the throwing stuff. You know, these things don't really have uh, any sort of ranged capabilities. So, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna uh, take turns copying red. Well, that saves me the trouble of having to push them off. All right, so uh, up up next is green. It's a big game of aerial tag. <laughs> Are they all just trying to jump at Rogar one after the other? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Alright, so Green gets his touch attack. Okay. I got the opposite of two. A 26 versus Rogar CMD. Did he roll for the touch attack? Yeah. Yeah, he got that. Oh. Just assuming, though. But yeah, that, that, okay. beats, my, that uh, beats my CMD. Yeah, I mean, I got a 12 on the D20 on the touch attack. Uh, 16. Alright, so Rogar is now uh, grappled midair. Blue is... Pile on. I think Blue is going to uh, jump down to uh, meet the other PCs. Blue does make its acrobatics check. So avoid any damage from the first 10 feet, and the second 10 feet is not is non-lethal damage uh, from the acrobatics check, and then the deliberate fall it gives you another 1d6 of non-lethal, so... 
He actually didn't take any damage, but he technically would have still taken non-lethal, so he is still prone, but he didn't take any damage. Okay. So he just kind of swan dives off this wall and then stands up. Well, he's still prone because uh, he doesn't have a move action. It's a surprise round, but yeah. Okay, so red and uh, blue are just prone on the ground there? Yes. Uh, and it is now Rogiar's turn in the surprise round. Okay. Um, can I use my blast on this guy? Yeah, it'll provoke. I'm, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I'm going to give him an air blast with a uh, pushing infusion. Hmm. First, let's do this guy's attack of opportunity. Okay. That is a 24. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, it hits. Okay, you take seven points of damage, and I need a fortitude save. That's a 23. Okay, you feel fine. All right, so now give me your attack. All right, this is an air blast with a pushing infusion. That's a 24 to hit. That hits. So he's going to take 18 bludgeoning damage, and and then it's a 27 to bull rush him away. Okay, so that beats his CMD. So I'm going to say that he needs to make a new grapple check, and for every five by which you beat his CMD, he's going to take a minus two penalty. Okay. Natural one. All right, so, yeah, you blast him full in the face, and uh, he falls straight down. I guess he goes over five feet, too. And he's going to make an acrobatics check, and he fails, so he's going to take 2d6 damage from falling. This is a hell of a surprise round. Right? (laughs) All right, and now we are in the combat proper, and it is Uhtred's turn. Okay, I am going to cast frostbite and then take a five foot step up and i'm going to swing at the red guy okay i'm gonna use a swift action to give my scimitar keen that was by spending an arcana point okay uh the first one is a 17 17 will hit the prone target okay uh it's gonna take five slashing damage and then uh, can't take non-lethal damage. Correct. Uh, can it be fatigue? No. Ah, this was a, a silly choice then. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't paying attention. I missed the assignment. <laughs> you were basically hoping for the magic crit. Um, uh, how about your second attack? That's a twenty to hit. That also hits. Okay, and that'll be six slashing damage, and uh, yeah, the same uh, non-lethal fatigue afterwards. Okay. Up next is Randolph. So, um, Thelias is going to look back at me, and we're going to share uh, a moment of agreement that he should drive the carriage uh, over these these undead bastards. <laughs> I kind of assumed that uh, you guys were all out of the carriage, and also there's a closed porculus right behind them. Yeah, that's perfect. No. Uh, no, so Elias and I are definitely not out of the carriage. Okay. <laughs> You're going to ram this the heads of the horses into the wall. Yeah, the horses well, they're are They're magical really... horses, aren't they? No, they're not. 
Oh, they're real horses? <laughs> Normal <My God>. horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Who let the highest drive this? <laughs> Alright. Well, if we're going to murder our horses, we better make it good. Uh, by not doing that. And I'll exit the carriage with Thelias. And we'll run up and uh, beat up these guys. Starting awesome. with Green. So I'll pop out of the carriage, step up, Thelias will pop out, and uh, yeah, we'll both uh, attack this friggin' guy who fell out of the sky. <laughs> All right. Uh, 27. 27 hits. Nine damage. And I don't think I get my second attack. It's because I'm not full attacking. Correct. Or do I? Uh, okay. And welcome to the slam. 15. 15 will hit the prone target. Yes, four damage. You guys are hitting the same one? Yeah. All right. Uh, Thelias finishes off the white. Hell yeah, brother. Okay, and now it is Randolph's turn. Nope, you just went. It is Yando's turn. Yando's going to take a move action and get up on on top of the carriage. And then he's going to... Uh, Vital Strike, the red-white. Nyando deals 11 points of damage to that white, and now it is Vipira's turn. Vipira will five-foot step and claw-claw on blue. Okay. The first one is going to have um, the precision. The Oh, no, it's not. Wait, can Undead take sneak attack? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh, why well, I remember that the other way around. Submit. He's not flat-footed or being flanked, though. Yes, but I am invisible. Um, oh, being prone doesn't make you flat-footed, though. But, yes, Vipera is invisible. Uh, So it's going to be a 26 to hit. That'll definitely hit. And it is going to be... 10 normal damage, 8 fire and acid damage, and 12 sneak attack damage. So altogether, 30 damage. <laughs> and then uh, 14 to hit. I assume this thing is prone. It is prone, but 14 is not quite enough to hit. Uh, 15. That's the number. 15. All right. It is now the white's turn. And uh, first up is Blue. He's going to stand up. That's going to provoke from Vipira and Uhtred. Oh, silly white. He's lucky. Uh, 25 for 14 damage. Uhtred okay. a 22 for 9 damage. Which one of you is going first? Well, Uhtred's the quickest one of the group, so, so he's got them fast initiatives. Twitch, twitch. That's true. Uhtred's higher in initiative, so we'll do him first. So, 22 to hit. How much damage? Nine. Nine slashing damage. Uh, Nine damage destroys the white before it can stand up. Uh, It is now the red white's turn, and he's going to try to stand up. That's going to provoke from Vipira and Thelias. Yep. So, Vipira, you can use the roll that you just did. Yep. Uh, 25 to hit. That'll hit. 14 damage. And that destroys the final white. Oh, come on. You're supposed to <laughs> not let Vipira get anything. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, you've destroyed the final white, and it's just you guys and this uh, this man who you've, who you've just uh, cut down and healed. 
Uh, he took a little bit of falling damage, but I, I think he'll get over it. He's still he's still tied up though, and he's still got like a noose like fastened tightly to his neck, even if it's not like hanging from anything. He's just, oh, thank thank you so much. Please please untie me, please. Eh, not just yet. Oh come on, please. Randolph, just untie the man. Tholias, just untie the man. I don't care who does it. Someone please untie me. I untie him. What happened to you? What's going on here? He's like massaging his neck. All right. uh, Yeah, um, I'll tell you everything. Next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh, you cheap fuck. You little bitch. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.